Cold Stove Podcast, live after a brief one-week hiatus. NRD, uh, I want to say that we were both suspended for a week. I want to apologize to the fans out there. One-game suspensions for both of us. Uh, no, in reality, just some family time, uh, getting some stuff done, getting some, let's see, I's dotted, T's crossed, etc. Moved into the new studio for Washed Media, Studio 3.0, or HQ 3.0, I guess. Maybe two and a half, considering that the first one was an attic of our buddy's house. But anyway, how are you, NRD? Same same over here, man. Just same stuff, right? Family time, crossing those T's, dotting the I's. Good good time before the playoffs. I think, you know, I don't know what we did to deserve that one-game suspension, but came at a right time. I think it's good right before the playoffs, you know. I think it was Sabres fans. Was it? Did they get it? Could've, yeah, they, they, they said, I have to serve my one-game suspension. I did so. I'm back. I had, heard, to, I had heard ready to talk. that Terry and Kim had slipped some cash under the table to the Department of Player Safety. They just wrote a check for like, Seventeen million dollars. They need to get to the cap floor somehow. Uh, Ooh, very nice, very nice. Yeah, no, what's going on in your world? Going on. I mean, don't have a new studio that I moved into. As everybody knows, I still haven't been let out um, from the cage underneath Bettman's desk, but I am holding it down. So it's having you know, good time of year. Like I said, good time of year to take a break before the playoffs. We got a lot going on. I'm happy to be back, though. I think that's the most important thing. Absolutely, brother. And let's jump right into it. Playoffs start very, very soon. I don't know the actual date. I, gotta look. I, I don't know why I don't know the actual date, but May 1st. Currents, May 1st. Okay. It pretty much all comes down to the next two to three days, right? Because the East is obviously set. We know this. The Islanders did not make their run like we tried and tried and tried to get them to. The West comes down to Vegas and Dallas. Dallas plays tonight against the Coyotes at home. Vegas plays at Chicago tonight. Dallas needs one point. That's all they need is one point. However, they did it over the next two games, and Vegas is eliminated. Vegas needs to win both games, get two points in each to get four points, and have Dallas lose out completely. Your predictions for tonight, and kind of like your your thoughts in the last couple of days here as we've seen this race heat up. You know, first off, I just checked my uh, my calendar that I got in my studio. Um, May 2nd, actually. May 2nd's the Monday. That's the oh, first okay. night of the playoffs. It's not the Sunday. But... um. I, you know, the playoff race, it's been boring on the Eastern side. We knew that, though. I think uh, I'm really interested to see how the seeding continues to shake up. I believe, you know, based on some of the matchups we're getting, Tampa, you know, Tampa Toronto is going to be a juggernaut. It's going to be a great series because either Toronto's not going to get out of the first round again or, you know, Tampa's not going to three-peat. So there's some implications there. But the West has been entertaining. You know, Vegas, we, we've talked about it many times on the show, has not been the team that they've been in years past and they get Eichel and we've talked about that ad nauseum of whether you know the Eichel move was to set them up for this year or for the future years but they're just missing something Leonard's obviously out of the lineup now it's obviously over I mean Dallas is going to get those two points tonight if not one point I can't see them faltering to Arizona at home Dallas is a you know a juggernaut team at home as opposed to on the road so you know it sucks for Vegas, but a lot of fans are happy to see it. I'm not going to sit here and say that I play favorites. I don't hate Vegas, nor do I love Vegas. I don't root for them or against them. But many fans around the league are excited to see the Vegas Golden Knights actually experience that, you know, growing pain that they should as a new organization and miss the playoffs. Yeah, there is a there's one fan base in particular that has been uh, quite, quite vocal uh, about 
Vegas's chances at the playoffs and and Jack Eichel specifically missing the playoffs after going pointless in his last couple uh, at very very important uh, times, I guess. And like look, I get it, and I think we are pretty pretty well on our way to solidifying this Jack Eichel versus the Buffalo Sabers deal here uh buffalo sabers fans especially because I, it, is, it is becoming more and more um what's the word i'm looking for more and more just vi- vivacious by the day i know you saw the and, eye roll last night oh i sure did i sure did did you see uh there was a fan that put up one of the the playoff chances charts for the for the vegas golden knights and he put that on a poster board printed it out and took it to the game last night and each time that the the playoff chances dip further and further along in the season, it has Jack Eichel going, "Huh, really? Huh, hmm." And his eye roll uh, from the Buffalo from that one press conference that kind of started this whole thing. So, creative stuff, creative people in Buffalo. And did you see the, uh, uh, the Sharks last night? Did you see that on the uh, thanks to hockey Reddit because you know it's a gold mine for entertaining stuff. It the is Sharks last night on the jumbotron. They put up like this statement. It was like a three pa- you know, a three or four sentence statement. It made like a paragraph. Okay. Kind of nonsense words, right? You're like, what the hell are they saying? It's like root, you know, for the love of the game, root for the shark, blah, 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 blah. The first letter of every word spelt out, fuck the Knights. No way. It was obviously intentional. There were some words on wow. there that just didn't even make sense, like in the sentence. Good. But some subliminal messaging. The rivalries there with San Jose, at least. So, I love it. I, uh, How about that, the the comeback, the Timo Meyer uh, led San Jose Sharks right there, with against Vegas scoring with with a second left, to to really screw their chances even further going into this into the Dallas game. I, you know, many around the league have San Jose to thank for the reason why Vegas isn't in the playoffs. Absolutely. Well, I mean, knock on wood here. I it would be so Sabers. It would be so Buffalo Sabers for Dallas to lose tonight and Dallas to lose uh they play Chicago and Vegas to win out. And then gets in Another and end. then goes on a deep run and then that's the it, it, it would be again. it would be so Sabers. The only saving grace in that was would be they wouldn't get the thirty second pick from Florida that could happen as well. Because it'll be like thirty one or less. Oh, that's good. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but it's, I mean, it's like Vegas is going to have the 16th pick in the draft if they don't make the playoffs. I hope they, if, if say they have 32, 16, and 9, which is kind of what would happen right now if, if say, Florida wins the you know Stanley Cup. They would have 9, 16, and 32. If they draft three players in the first round come June or July, whenever it is this year, I would be very disappointed. Put it that way. Got to use the, especially the later picks in the first round. Talent's going to slide, but I think Buffalo is an opportunity to use that as you know tangible assets to make a move on somebody that could step into that lineup and work with some of the younger guys. Now, I mean, we know Buffalo stockpiled. In fact, they have so many young guys, so many young goalies that they don't even want to sign there. So, um, I apologize. That was a low blow, but don't get me started. It's been a while, Brett. It's been a week. It has. Man, I've been has. Wait, I've been sitting on some material for a while now. But uh, they have some young guys, and I think, like you said, I think it's a it's a pivotal point for Buffalo to use those tools, much like the New York Rangers did in their rebuild when they had the three first-round picks. They used a couple of them to move up and take Keandre Miller. So, like, 
things like that, even if it's not necessarily all three picks, but, you know, using that, I think it's extremely important for them. No doubt. The last Sabres thing I, I will say is that they're the sixth best expected goals for percentage in the league since Owen Power came in. And I just cannot say uh, enough about how excited I am about their their top four defensemen moving forward, especially keeping Rasmus Dahlin on the right side. Matias Samuelson, uh, so Andrew Peters was saying on, on After the Whistle that somebody here heard that the Sabres now have two number one defensemen. And they were like, oh yeah, Owen Power and Rasmus Dahlin. He's like, no, 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 no. Matias Samuelson and Rasmus Dahlin. And I was like, oh my goodness. So who knows? They still need a right-handed shot defenseman if they don't bring back Pizik. Yogi Haru, I don't love him as a top four, love him as a top six. Uh, we'll see. Maybe that's a, a first-round pick for a right-handed def- like defenseman with term. You never know. Never know because uh, goaltending is still the biggest need at that organization. Let's talk the playoff series, NRD. You mentioned that Maple Leafs Lightning are, the, are, are your number one can't-wait-to-watch do you have a number two? And I'll go through them really quickly. Oilers, Kings, Flames, Preds, Wild Blues, Avalanche uh, for Stars slash Golden Knights, Rangers, Penguins, Hurricanes, Bruins, and Panthers, Capitals right now. Well, you know, obviously I named, you know, Toronto, Tampa as the one in the East. I think the other series in the East are flawed. I mean, Washington's not a team that I believe is built to go anywhere. I think they're playing off the backs of another career performance by Ovechkin, and that's it. And Florida's a juggernaut. Who is not 100% healthy. Who's not, exactly. We don't know what he's dealing with with a shoulder or a collarbone at this point. Hurricanes, Bruins, Freddie Anderson's hurt. He's out right now. Who knows when mm-hmm. he's going to be back. That series is flawed. Um, you know, the Rangers and Penguins, we've seen that about 47 times in the last six years in the playoffs. <laughs> I, I like one of the uh, one of the hockey Twitter accounts was just like, the Penguins and, and Bruins have been in the playoffs enough. Let the Sabres in. They're more fun. Yeah, it's just... We need change, right? Change for sake of change. Rangers, Penguins is old. But if you look at the West, I look at, you know, the Wild and the Blues, two teams that have really not liked each other in the games that they've played. Oh, we've that's going to be a, some, an awesome series. We've seen some vitriol between those two teams. I think they're going to kick the crap out of each other. And my value team, you know, they're not on the show today, but shouts to our friends at DraftKings, the Minnesota Wild to win the Stanley Cup. I like them because I think they're a team that's built to kick the crap out of other teams. And this is a series where they're going to prove that and they're going to show that to the rest of the league right now. And they're going to beat the crap out of the Blues. I, I truly believe in that series. They have the best team after the All-Star break. I don't, I'm not sure if that's record-wise, but they've looked the best after, not excuse me, not All-Star break, but the uh, trade deadline. Mm-hmm. They have built a team. They have built an awesome team and they need it to because next year and the year after that is going to be tough to re, uh, recreate whatever happens this year. I'm excited for Oilers-Kings. NRD, throwing it back a little bit. The Battle the of Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky. The, yeah. yeah, the Battle of Wayne Gretzky. Uh, because the Kings are obviously overperforming where they should be right now. And maybe that's like that. Probably next year was the year that we were supposed to say, okay, the Kings are going to be good. They have overperformed or outperformed. And, and now they're going up against a team that is perpetually underperforming in the playoffs, I guess you could say. In Edmonton, and and here we go. McDavid put up or shut up. Get to the second round and play the Avalanche or whoever you'd play, and and your time is now. Let's go. And and if, I'll tell you what, if LA, if that series is like one one going back to LA, look out. I think it's a different series if LA can you know negate look the home out. ice advantage for sure. Absolutely. I don't. Absolutely. I don't think that the Staples Center is this like 
grandier place to play in or like hard, you know, a tough place to play in. But mm-hmm. just stealing that, that momentum for a young team that we've talked about LA getting into the playoffs and how young and inexperienced they are. Having that win, I think is huge for their confidence to go back to LA and say, we can do this. So no doubt, no doubt excited for the NHL playoffs to start. Uh, by the time we, we come back in your ear or eardrums, playoffs will be happening. We'll be, uh, we'll be talking about them for sure. But I want to talk about our friends over at Mugsy first. And our D Mugsy's are the most comfortable men's jeans on the planet. I own not only a pair of their jeans, I own one of their jean jackets. And I'm not going to lie, the fit I put together when I was in New York City last week, unbelievable thanks to our friends over at Mudge. I should have taken a pick, honestly. Uh, They're built with a proprietary stretch denim. And these jeans look stylish, but feel like you're wearing sweatpants. I can attest. You can stretch stretch them right out. They're beautifully made. The most damn comfortable jeans around. They're they're for uh, for men, and they're the first to do it for men. Comfort anywhere. And here's about the fit. There's more room for the boys, NRD. More room for the package downstairs. More room for the family jewels. Whatever you want to call them, because there's not fabric getting up in your business, up in your junk. Uh, they're never too baggy, never too skinny, and always just right. I cuff mine personally at the bottom. Perfect fit. Perfect look. Perfect length. All together, they do it. They're not just like large, medium, small either. They do it by not only waist size, they do it by inseam too. They get whatever you want. And a bunch of different colors too. I have the grands, which are sort of the lighter of the of the jeans. Kind of like the sky blue flavor, if you will. Real, real, were real nice stuff. Were those part of the fit the other day? They were. Yeah. Oh, they, they absolutely were. They have all these copy points here at NRD. They're just great fucking jeans. There you go. Right? I, 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 can't, I can't say that enough. That you, can, you can say all you want about they're comfortable, they stretch, they're this. They're great fucking jeans at a great price. And you're going to look good doing them. I think that should you know? be their new slogan. I, I, I don't hate that. Here's the deal. Do your legs a favor and head over to mudsy.com to pick up a pair of the most comfortable jeans we've ever worn. That's mudsy.com for 10% off your entire order using promo code STOVE. Free your balls once and for all, NRD. With the most comfortable jeans on the planet, Earth at mudsy.com, and use promo code STOVE for 10% off your order. Oh, let's move into this uh, this news that dropped today, NRD. That is the NHL players poll. Excited. I don't know if you've seen this on Twitter, but I have purposely instructed NRD to say, stay away from this because I want your initial thoughts without going to the answers. Are you ready for this? I am ready. I have not been on Twitter. I mean, half the followers out there don't think I'm on Twitter anyway anymore. So (laughs) I think it's, you know, believe me, I haven't been on Twitter today. I'm excited to play this. All right, here we go. The NHL player poll, if you're unfamiliar, is a poll that they take like 500 guys from around the league and say, you know, who's the best, who's this, who's that. The players all get to answer uh, anonymously, and therefore you kind of get a good sense of what's going on. So let's get started, NRD. If you need to win one game, who is the goalie you want in net? It's a good question. You know, I don't think that the guys who've been playing well this year, Igor Shosturkin or, or, you know, Freddie Anderson have done enough yet to prove that like, that's a guy I want in game seven. Okay. I think you got to go with the two time Stanley cup winner back to back. 
you would be correct. Andre Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky got 37% of the vote from the players. Number two is Carey Price. Number three, Mark andre Fleury. Carey Price is number two? 14% of the vote, yep. You know who I would have put on that list? I know I'm going to hear a lot of shit for it, okay? Okay. How about two-time, I believe two-time Vezina winner, Sergei Bobrovsky? Ooh. Who's played well this year. Who's really you're, played well this year. Yeah. You're not wrong. Bobrovsky doesn't make the... I mean, the other got 29% of the vote, so that that's have to take that into consideration. But uh, John Gibson came in fourth here. So a lot of playoff experience on that list, a lot of veteran presence on that list. No Bobrovsky, no Shesterkin, though. Curious stuff. Uh, if you need to win one game, NRD, who is the skater you want? Shooting the puck, basically. Is that the question? No, there's a shot question later oh, on. Okay, so if I just want one skater out there on the one ice. skater need to win the game who do you want on your team don't overthink this patrice one. bergeron okay he's overthinking this one Connor mcdavid 42 percent of the vote crosby two victor hedman three uh barkov four didn't see that one coming mckinnon five i think you warned me not to overthink that one i was thinking more of like a two-way guy just in case we don't win the face-off Mm-hmm. And then you have a center that's in the offensive zone and uh, the defensive zone playing his ass off. That's Patrice Bergeron to to me, Mr. Selkie. But yeah, I that's shouldn't fair. have overthought that one. McDavid's the obvious answer. <laughs> Who is the best stick handler, NRD? Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane with fifty-seven percent of the vote takes that one home. McDavid two, McKinnon three, uh Barkoff, Goudreau, and Matthews. Interesting. Taking up the last couple spots. By the way, no Matthews on that uh Win one game, who's the skater you want list? Who is the best passer in the league, NRD? Poof. According to the players. According to the players? Probably. Since this is the player. So, player. see, I'm playing both sides. I'm picking as me, and I'm also picking if I were the players. Um, we'll go players for this one. I, I bet you they said McDavid. Wrong. It is actually Leon Dreisaitl. I It was one of the two. At 18%, Patrick Kane, 2, Nick Batstrom, 3, McDavid, 4, Kucherov, 5. Interesting. I'm surprised Kucherov's on that list. Um, The reason why I went McDavid over dry settles is because I thought of who who got to 50 goals first. Uh, who I, I, I think know. no, I'm saying like McDavid? I think I think Dry Settle oh. reached 50 goals first. I think McDavid yeah, yeah, hit 100 yeah. points first, but Dry right. Settle reached the 50 goals first. I believe I could be wrong on that. I know McDavid hit the 100 points first though. Um, I always thought of McDavid as a guy who Leon scores a ton of goals off of McDavid. I feeds. I wouldn't yeah I would never have said Leon's the best passer. I actually would have said like a like a uh, Patrick Kane for that. And Nick Backstrom on that list too. I mean, oh yeah, who's that's, an, that's been a career and a career assist man for Alex Ovechkin. Sure is. Uh, who do you wish you could shoot like? And another one to not overthink. Yeah, Alex Ovechkin. I just named him. Ovechkin with fifty three percent of the vote. Who's second? Austin Matthews, 24% of the vote, and Patrick Laine at 3.4. So basically, it's those two, and then nobody a else. distant Patrick Laine. Uh, who is the most complete player at RD? I'm going to overthink this one again. You are. Con- is Connor McDavid the answer? No, he's not. He did get 9% of the vote there, but he's not the most complete player according to the players. I don't know why. I mean, I've had some stupid comments on this show going back <laughs> to the fun dip bar. 
But I mean, like three years ago, I would have said John Tavares is the most complete player in the National Hockey League. I don't really know. I'm actually, I don't know. The answer is Sidney Crosby. With 30% of the vote, number two, Sasha Barkov. Barkov, I like. 20% of the vote. Before we go on, I don't want to kill our time here, but before we go on, do we overthink Crosby nowadays because of how he's gotten yes, up there in age? Yes, absolutely. I, we, I think, you know, and I'm guilty of it clearly. I just did it. I think, you know, across hockey Twitter and across hockey culture and the fandom, I think we tend to overlook Sidney Crosby now um, as we get younger, you know, with better talent in the league and whatnot. I still think he's a hell of a hockey player. He he uh, absolutely is. Absolutely is. We we overlook him. We we, And he's not he's not in the media all the time. And that's that's, I mean, by design on his part, but. He keeps it really, really simple. Uh, but your boy Patrice Bergeron, by the way, he's another nineteen and a half, really well nineteen and a half percent of the vote. So it's basically those three: McDavid, kind of distant fourth at nine, number five, Andre Kopitar, at two and a half percent of the vote. I see why he's there. Obviously, not number one, but him getting some love makes sense. Which arena NRD has the best ice? Vegas. Vegas makes the list at fourth place with 6% of the vote, but Le Centre Belle at 40% of the vote has the best ice. Probably overthought that one. I was thinking hockey specific. A place uh, that doesn't have much overlay with, you know, the NBA. No surprise that three of the top five ranks are Canadian. Rogers Place at number two and the Canada Life Center in Winnipeg at number three. Well, I mean, not only the Canadian, those are three, three barns that don't have NBA overlays with them. So kind of makes sense. I just there, think that there's some logic sense. to switching over from the hardwood to the uh, the ice every night or every other night, you know. But to their credit, MSG is number six on this list, getting three percent of the vote with the best ice. I a lot of re- lot of resources to put into that one. I think there were some of the lower IQ players answered that one. <laughs> they were thinking like the best atmosphere. There you go. Uh, who is the player that you least enjoy playing against? But you want on your team. Brad Marchand. With 26% of the vote, Brad Marchand is the answer. McDavid, number two. Tom Wilson, three. Victor Hedman, four. Nathan McKinnon, five. NRD, who is the best current women's hockey player? How about, you know, the golden lady, Marie-Philippe Poulin. Marie-Philippe Poulin, with 43% of the vote, gets the nod. Hillary Knight, number two. Kessel, three. Um, Kendall Coyne, Shasta Northeastern, four. And Sarah Nurse coming in at number five. All USA. We have some women's hockey news later on in the show. Well, Sarah all Nurse USA. is not USA. I, I said all USA or Canada. Oh, okay. Sorry. In those top. NRD, what is the best NHL road city? Certainly not Winnipeg or Columbus. Ooh. Sorry to our fans in Ohio and... Winnipeg. I'll get another letter written to the show. <laughs> I'll have uh, Ask Ann center on the show we'll have people write in letters and we'll give them advice um there you go vegas with 31 percent of the vote las vegas is number one new york city two fort lauderdale three nashville four and it's weird i see it in fine fine print here it's uh it says austin number five does it yeah austin coyotes huh that's weird don't hate it i mean you mm. saw those ticket prices for the uh, yeah. Arizona. Maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit, actually. That is going to be such a fucking debacle that I, I just feel bad for the... I feel bad for everybody involved there. Except, except Gary Bettman. Host, if I may, can I call an audible on the fly here? 
so hit Let's me. talk about that after this in a little bit, because I have something to okay. say about that. Oh, okay. We'll go on a rant. Uh, who has the best hair in the NHL? Hmm. <laughs> well, d- when was this poll taken? Because I would have said Andre Vasilevsky before he cut it, because I think any goalie with flow oh, is incredible. Interesting. But now he's. Interesting. He, I okay. think he went with like a skin fade. So Yikes. I think he's. Uh, I don't think he has hair anymore. But up until the All Star break, he did have a mane and a half. Big cat. This answer may surprise you. It's Cody Eakin. You put that on there. Buffalo Sabres great at 9%. You, I didn't you touch that. that I, his hair is disgusting. You, it's red. I you did that. I, 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 you know what? No Sabres should be on any top list right now. No offense. All right. Number two, William Carlson. Number three, Eric Carlson. Hmm. Number four, John Merrill. And number five, Brandon Tanev. I think Eric Carlson's another guy that we forget exists at times. Yeah. Well, I mean... Look at his contract and look at his play. Like, and sorry, where is he Carlson. playing? San Jose. That's, yeah, no, I know, but like, who oh. watches San Jose games? <laughs> That's you know what? Fair. Uh, lastly, this this I I think could also spark another discussion. Which NHL player could make it in another sport? Hmm. We're talking team sports, individual sports. Uh, yes. Thanks for the help. <laughs> Ooh, this is a good question. I like this question. Do you? So I'm I'm thinking team sports. I'm gonna, I'm going to assume that the question is team sports. I'll give you a hint to get your 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 blood flowing yeah. a little bit. Two percent of the vote said Ryan Reeves and football. All right, so it's team sports. Um, I could see Zdeno Chara playing a stretch big in the NBA. There he is. Three percent of the vote said Zdeno Chara uh, and basketball. The four percenters. Oh, there's more. Are, I didn't win. The four percenters are Joe Pavelski and golf. And four percent said Anders Lee and football, which I don't I need to dig into that one more. I didn't is Anders Lee like a sneaky football player? I think he point? was a good football player. I, okay. I think I knew that. I think he was a good football and lacrosse player as well. I think he was a well rounded athlete. That makes a ton athlete. of sense. But three of the guys on the list, uh four guys, excuse me. Joe Pavelski, Clayton Keller, Brady Shea, and Gustav Nyquist, all, everybody said golf, which is like, why aren't we doing, you know, Bleacher Report, Turner, they do the match? Why doesn't ESPN or NHL Network or somebody do a, a golf tournament in the middle of summer for charity, a couple million dollars? Why don't we host it? The Cold Stove Golf Tournament presented by Washed Media the Mi- and ideally sponsors. <laughs> the Michael Scott presents the Washed Media 5K Fun Run Cold Stove Podcast Golf Tournament for the NHL players. We'll have it at Barton Creek in Austin. They already do like the the men's national like PGA Pros of America championship. The, I would I would watch like a handicap adjusted or maybe even not a hockey tournament with like current and Former. past players put up like five or six mil in in prize money and here we go. I think we have something. I don't know if we could. I don't think you and I could put up like five or six mil. But if we get some sponsors involved, I don't hate the idea. I'm gonna hit up some of my friends after the show. There you go. Uh, you wanted to talk NRD. That's that's going to do it, by the way, for the players poll. Good stuff. There's a couple more polls on there if you go take a look at it. Interesting stuff. Always, every year. NRD, you wanted to talk about those Arizona Coyotes, though, and how they are playing in a glorified uh, Saskatoon Blades stadium. Yeah. I've talked myself in it, into it 
throughout you know the past couple of months and said all right i can't you know i understand they're doing what they can it can't be that bad blah 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 mm-hmm. and then you look at like the seating chart right and i understand those prices that were put out there were an email sent to season ticket holders so those are not individual game prices they're gonna right, fluctuate right, right. when they hit StubHub or Ticketmaster or seat geek or whatever but the place is like it's a high school auditorium and <laughs> My thing is, right, like I've talked myself into it so many times being like, all right, you know, they're really trying to get this arena in Tempe. They're trying to do what they can do. But like this should not happen. I mean, as somebody who dealt with a lot of shit from Islander fans on Twitter when I was trying to share what I knew, what was going on there with the Coliseum and everything, mm-hmm. they had been thrown through the ringer and back. And I get it. The Nassau Coliseum had like two bathrooms in the entire fucking place. It was just like a trough. I don't even think there was doors. I think it was just the trough in the middle of like, you know, the, the galleyway. It, it's it's like an out cold when they open the door to the bar and it just is outside. Yeah, that's it. I don't I don't think the costume was anything. <laughs> You're just peeing off the ledge. Yeah, it, the costume was very bare bones, you know? I think they still had like Schlitz on tap. I don't even think they had updated. Yeah, you have to go to Borelli's. To, you have to go to Borelli's if you want to. That was stall. the food. The concession stand was Borelli's. <laughs> but they sat, what, 14.5, I think, was the costume? Yeah. Something like that. This place seats, you know, 3,600, another 1,400 drunk students at ASU. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are we doing here? It's embarrassing. It's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. NRG. It's embarrassing. I, move the team to Austin, and I'll, I'll I'll follow the team. I'll move down to Austin. We'll do some more close wow. in person. That's a guarantee. You move the team to Austin, I'm getting involved with that organization. I'll be down in Austin. He's moving from wherever the rumor cave is. Some are saying it's the Southern Hemisphere. I heard that rumor the other day. It's it's be a weird way to because then you'd be in the in the summer when we're in the winter. I don't know if, what you're doing in Rio de Janeiro, NRD. But you know what? Uh, if, if if the Coyotes move to Austin, you're you're coming with. That's an NRD guarantee. Doctor, it's uh it looks similar to Doctor Evil's lair in the side of a mountain. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's the rumor cave. It's it's there or Gary Batman's desk. You only have two locations. Gary Batman. Ah uh, yes, Gary Batman. I got a kick out of that fun. actually. Uh, yeah, yeah. But r- real quick, it is embarrassing. It is financially irresponsible. The fact that owners are allowing this to happen, I don't know if they have a choice, is insane. Given the revenue splits that Arizona already has, or I should say revenue non-splits because they don't have any revenue to split what are you doing what are you doing and and guys are coming up from tucson and playing in a smaller rink than they did in tucson and i i like some people are like oh it's just you know it's it's a game of chicken they're they're making it look like this is where they're going to play some solution is going to be figured out in the last like you know 11th hour no what you see is what you get right now, unless they, you know, the Suns Arena can can host or do fucking Chase Field. What a wild pie in the sky thing that is! Like what? It'd be, honestly, but, it'd be better than this, though. It would. I mean, absolutely. But like, my gosh, I I, I just can't imagine people thinking this is a good idea. And I get that, like, fans are passionate and love the Coyotes down there. But it's just not an economically feasible And plan. it's not their fault. It's not the fans. It's not that no. they didn't show support. It's not any of that. I think what disgusts me the most is the 
the cojones, the nuts uh, on Gary Bettman and Bill Daly and the like to go out there and say that almost like this is like a trendy new thing, like an intimate experience to watch a hockey game. Like that's the worst, right? Like, you know what? You gave me two piles of dog turds and we got to make a shit sandwich out of it. Don't, don't shine it up. Don't polish a turd, right? Like don't patronize. If anything, say this sucks. And this is us putting pressure on the city of Tempe to get this arena done or wherever they want to move to. But don't, don't sit there and act like this is like, this is a cool new trendy thing, right? Like when your favorite artist does an acoustic set in like, you know, some club in downtown Manhattan. Like, mm-hmm. especially, like, yeah, it's cool. Like, that's one thing, right? Like, when, when you want to see John Mayer play the garden, and then you want to see John Mayer play, like, an acoustic set at, like, an intimate club, yeah, that's great. I'd love to be, you know, close to John Mayer or whoever. But not when you're talking about a team sport, a professional sport. Like, no, I, I want to see that in the biggest arena. Put him in Chase Field if it doesn't work out anywhere else. Hopefully the novelty of it, novelty of it will get some fans in the building. But don't, yeah. you know... Don't portray this as this is like, oh, this is a new thing we're trying. We're seeing if hockey can work in these intimate barns. Because that's not where the sport's going. I don't think that they think that either. I think it's them trying to polish a turd. It, it, uh, you're absolutely right it is. And, and it's unfortunate for the league. It's unfortunate for the fans. It, it just doesn't – it's not going to work there, guys. Like I, I get that Phoenix and Scottsdale are an attractive market, pun intended, like you know, it's just not going to work. It's, it hasn't worked for 20-something years. It's not going to work going going forward. They have guys like Jeremy Roenick and Shane Doan who are catalysts. They have a guy like Austin Matthews who they'd love to bring in and be the guy moving forward. But, like, well, you know, what are we going to do it didn't, at this point? It didn't work in terms of the franchise, the organization. And, and we could probably go on forever for this, so I'll keep it sh- really short. But I, I wouldn't say it was all a failure, right? It worked. No, I in mean, terms not, of you know where it worked economically, it didn't economically, work. and from cult- a business culturally, standpoint, it's different. Yeah, it did not work. But culturally, like you said, Austin Matthews isn't in the league if you know Ari- the Arizona Coyotes don't exist to some degree, or the, <laughs> That's the Kachuk boys who grew up playing hockey in Arizona when when you know their dad was playing with the Coyotes. Maybe they don't get an opportunity. Maybe they do, but they're, you know, with a new youth program in Arizona back in the 90s when nobody, no other kids playing there. Like, not saying that, you know, nepotism doesn't take part and their kids would have been in the league anyway, but like it did create a hockey culture in places that didn't, you know, have it. So it worked to that degree. It worked culturally. But as a business, it's been an absolute failure. So I think you just take your successes, say, hey, you know, Gary Bettman, if he wants to go to bed at night and pat himself on the back for Austin Matthews being in the league because he moved, you know, the Winnipeg Jets to Arizona way back when. So be it. Take that credit, but admit it's a failure. Move on. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Let's go to Austin. Nashville is like the third or fourth most favorite place to play. Austin's just Nashville. I say Nashville on steroids. I think people would call Austin Nashville light. Who knows? But it, that's where the game's going. It's turning. That's where pro sports. Look at Oakland in baseball. Like. There's more cats. Sorry, Did you see that you know? about the more cats? I know we're a hockey podcast. Yeah. How great is that? There's like more feral cats in Oakland now watching the games than humans. It's it's sad. And that's just sometimes like populations shift and, and interests change based on demographics that shift with jobs and economies. And like, that's just the reality. Uh, and pro sports is, is a bit not, it's not a public business. It is a business built on cash. Yeah. Uh, before we go to the whip around NRD, do you want to hear from our friends at HelloFresh? Love them. It's here. HelloFresh 
I'm going to say this on the record. My favorite sponsor. I love Mudsy. I love my Mudsy jeans. But HelloFresh is my favorite sponsor because they make me feel like a legitimate chef, even though I have no business. <laughs> no business being in the kitchen, cutting stuff and whipping stuff together like I know what I'm doing. I throw the rag over my shoulder, NRD, and it unlocks a whole new world for me because NRD, or NRD, HelloFresh delivers exactly the ingredients I need for each meal. I don't have to go to the grocery store, get a bunch of stuff that I know I'm going to waste. NRD, HelloFresh shows up in this little, like, not cardboard, little, like, uh, like a bagged lunch material, yeah. like paper bag material with exactly what you need for that meal. And I'm throwing bang up bowls. I'm throwing bang up shrimp uh, pasta, shrimp and scallop, uh, fettuccine alfredo. Are you kidding me? I've said this before. The Italian peppers and, and chicken. Sandwich. Sandos. Yeah. Are you kidding me? That's the best thing I've ever made. I made it again. Unbelievable. They deliver pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week. So you get convenience without skimping on quality. Skip the trip to the grocery store, saving you the wait in long lines and ensuring you don't waste excess money on food. That is my biggest yeah. problem. My biggest pet peeve is getting stuff for a meal that I waste and it goes bad and I throw it away. HelloFresh eliminates that. They offer the flexibility you need to easily customize your order online or in the app. Change your day, uh, day of delivery, your food preferences, plan size, skip a week whenever you need to, etc. Do you want to hear what I'm working with this week? NRD? What is in the box this week, Brett? Peppers and bacon paninis. Ooh. Okay, double red pepper and bacon panini. I got sweet chili pork bowls on a bed of rice. Psyched for that. And one pan beef and poblano, poblano, poblano tacos. Ooh. That's what we're working with. I also have a uh, like a one pan Green uh, green salsa enchiladas at home. That's getting baked. That's getting made tonight. That's, it's a bad bad night to be a green enchilada in Austin, Texas. There you go. HelloFresh is a proud partner of the New York Islanders as well, Ooh. and fueling hockey fans everywhere. Go to HelloFresh.com/stove16 and use code Stove16 for up to sixteen free meals and three free gifts. Again, uh, HelloFresh.com slash Stove16 and use code Stove16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. I'd like to think that, you know, we're a little bit more influential than the New York Islanders, but that's cool. But I'll tell you this. Yeah. I, everybody knows I kind of sit here and just let the master work at his craft, our esteemed host, Brett Merriman, during the ad reads. But I'll tell you a case uh -huh. in point, I mean talk about HelloFresh, saving you money, saving your trips to the grocery store. The ingredients, you look at it and you think, maybe, oh, is this enough? Is it not enough? And then you make it. Harvest the plentiful, perfect. my friend. Perfect. Bountiful. It's absolutely perfect. And if you want to, you can cook for two or cook for one. It kind of, kind of, depending on how hungry you are, it, make, it, it works Smart out people perfect. people over there, they knew exactly what they were doing. They know what they're doing. You know who else knows what he's doing in RD is Austin Matthews. He put up 60 Last night, your thoughts on uh, on the the greatest Maple Leaf goal scorer of all time? Not to ruffle feathers. No, he's well deserved. He's having a career year. I'm still on the fence with the Hart Trophy. 
I uh, Vegas is not because he's now minus three ten, I believe, to win the heart. Has NRD bet steered anybody on this podcast wrong yet? <laughs> uh, I, no, may, maybe next week once the once the regular season ends and the odds kind of stabilize, we might have some action on Jonathan Huberto. Ooh, uh, he is currently at plus two thousand. To me. The definition of the award has always been most valuable player to his team. Okay. I think that Maple Leafs organization, while would struggle without Austin Matthews, would survive without Austin Matthews. I know I hear people already in my ear going, you know, Sasha Barkov, Alexander Barkov, what do they got? Huberto put up 111 points this year, 113 points this year for Florida. Florida's been good sure in the did. past couple of seasons, but they will they would not have the success they're having this year without Huberto putting up, you know, 113 fucking points. To me, the most valuable player mm-hmm. to his team, it's Jonathan Huberto. I think Toronto survives without Austin Matthews. Doesn't win a Stanley Cup, but they survive without Austin Matthews. I don't think Florida survives. Who's playing, you know, Robin to Barkoff if he's Batman? I don't hate the take. Because Austin Matthews has 106 points. Mitch Marner has 97. Jonathan Huberdeau has 115 points. The next closest for Florida is Barkov at 88. Now, I'm not saying points are the the entire depiction of a hockey team, but they're not nothing. So McDavid, for example, 122. Drysaddle, 109. Batman and Robin. Huberdeau, 115. Barkov, 88. Is that Batman or Robin? Maybe. But it's not Martyr Matthews, McDavid, Dreisaitl. That's for sure. Just saying. That's, you know, like I said, I know I'm going to get beat up for that take. And it's no, it's not the jokes about, you know, NRD hating the Leafs. It's truly from a point of, I had always believed that the Hart Trophy should go to the player who's most valuable to his team. Just like when Carey Price won it, like, you know, five or six years ago. He was by far and away the most valuable player to a team in the National Hockey League, Montreal, shit without him. Um, I think this year, I, I really, you know, points don't tell the whole story, but I really think Florida would be a different organization without Jonathan Huberto there. As opposed to Toronto. I agree. Gets, you know, they got Marner, they got Nylander, they got Tavares. I think they can form a lineup. I don't think, I think Jonathan Huberto is the keystone piece in that franchise in Florida. Jonathan Huberdeau is very much the keystone piece in Florida. UC Soros has very much been the keystone piece in Nashville, and he is hurt. NRD, what do you see for their playoff chances sans uh, Soros? Is Roman Yossi going to put up 100 points in the playoffs? I doubt it. And If he does, I, I'd argue that the Selkie goes to him. Yeah, I don't hate that. <laughs> give him the Norris, give him the Selkie. Give him the fucking Vezna if he puts up 100 points in the playoffs. Um, You know, I... I think their playoff hopes ride or die, but what they can do on the defensive end. We know Nashville could score. Duchesne's had a good, really good year putting the puck in the net, which we didn't necessarily see coming from a guy who we've said for a while now hasn't lived up to the hype that he once had, but he had a solid season this year. Tanner Janot basically, you know, is close to leading the league in rookie points, close to leading the league in rookie goals, leads the league in fights. He does it all. He's had a hell of a season. I think they live and die, though, by what they can do on the defensive end. We know they can't not score goals. It's whether they're going to give up four or five a night in the playoffs without Soros in the net. From current Nashville Predators, and you tweeted about this the other day, to former Nashville Predators, Ryan Ellis has kind of a situation 
uh, going on in Philadelphia currently. Can you explain as sort of a non-Philly Flyer follower, say that 10 times fast, what's happening with Ryan Ellis and what they're doing moving forward with him? So I put out a tweet the other day. I had said in the tweet, admittedly, I haven't heard much, right? And everybody knows the Philly sources are good when it comes to NRD. Uh, certain teams I've admitted not so much. Certain teams I've said yes so much. And Philly's one of those teams. But nobody wants to talk right now from those I've reached out to. From what I know and from what I've read from other reporters, basically what I've gathered is this. A little bit of educated guessing, a little bit of, you know, little blurbs I've known and what other reporters have said. He's got this injury that he's been dealing with for pretty much the entire season. He's been rehabbing it with the team at times, and he hasn't been with the team at times. Don't know exactly what the specific ailment is down to the core, what grade of tear it is, blah, 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 but we have a general idea of it. Surgery is an option on the table. It's not an option that the team is saying, hey, go get the surgery. You're going to be better. We need you to get the surgery. You'll be back in the lineup. I think the team is still on board for him to rehab and continue to rehab it. So that being said, I think the surgery, as I mentioned in the tweet, would be voluntary. Now, I put that in very loose air quotes. I don't think this is, hey, I got, you know, I got a sprained pinky. I'm just going to go get surgery because I want to collect a paycheck and be out. I think surgery is a legitimate option, but I think it's his choice. I don't think it's like, hey, you really need surgery. I think it's his choice to whether, you know, to get that done or not. Combined with the fact that there are reports from, I, I think, Anthony DeMarco, I believe is his name. He writes for the fourth period, covers the Flyers well. Um that he doesn't necessarily want to be around the organization right now. He hadn't been around the organization for the last three weeks. And his standing in that locker room is not as strong as, you know, Chuck Fletcher once thought when they brought him in. And that's where I kind of go dead. I'd asked the, I, I was primarily focused on what he feels about the organization and the team, right? Because health is always hard to figure out when it comes to a player, not, you know, the league is so secretive about injuries and whatnot. So that aside, what does he feel about the organization? And people don't want to talk, which to me, a little concerning. And I know a lot of people started to jump on Chuck Fletcher now when uh, when I tweeted it out. I don't think Chuck Fletcher did anything wrong, really. I think mm-hmm. that this is a guy that there might there's some rumors, rumblings. I don't know if they're true, but there might be some truth to the fact that he probably didn't want to leave Nashville to begin with. And he's okay. not necessarily anti-Philly. He's just, I hate that I had to pick up and move. And you could say what you want about the guy okay. and, you know, his morals and for, for feeling that way. And like I said, I can't confirm that. I can't speak on Ryan Ellis. I don't know him. But this is just what has been whispered. Um, that maybe he just wasn't thrilled about moving on from Nashville to begin with. He didn't have a no-trade clause. They sent him to Philly. Philly got him for nearly next to nothing. So is he happy? Who knows? Interesting stuff there. Uh, speaking of a guy who's about to be much happier given his new contract, 26-year-old KHL free agent Andre Kuzmenko has begun discussions with NHL teams. He is allowed to sign as of May 1st. I believe the only stipulation is he can't play in the playoffs, obviously. It's been rumored that 20 teams, so more than or almost two-thirds of the league, would like to uh, employ his services, the only one that I've heard concretely is Dolly Wall in Vancouver saying they will be interested in him and have a very good shot at it. Anything on the Russian Kuzmenko or or teams that might be interested here? Not much besides that. I know a shit ton of teams are in on him, um, and those will weed out closer to May 1st. I'm sure you can 
No, like let's do you do you need a do winger? You need, yeah, do you like, need a let's, winger? Let's play the name. Do you have some yeah. other Russians that'd be comfortable around? And let's you know draw straws to see who ends up with them. That's as far as I know. Hmm. There, I want. I wonder what teams that sounds like. Do they play in the nation's capital? Perhaps they do have a interesting. Uh, yeah, interesting little uh, paradigm hmm. there. Hmm. <laughs> uh, speaking of Vancouver, Bruce Boudreaux. Uh, it's been reported, I think Elliot's on this one, as are some others, that it's all but official that Bruce Boudreaux will be returning as their coach next season. Anything, whether it's a Boudreaux or a Martin St. Louis, on future coaching staffs. Well, one I wanted to address, uh, good guy. Yeah, I'll say good guy. Greg, Greg Wyshynski uh, mm-hmm. with ESPN um, mm-hmm. had, had reported on whatever the hell they call their show at 5 p.m. on the app or whatever. Um, <laughs> I lost track of it at this point. In, the, in crease. the crease, on the point, shoot the puck. Uh, yeah, score oh, it's the one goal. of them with Emily and, and yeah. Greg. Cash the check, whatever they call it. Um, uh, there it is. That the Devils are 50 50 on keeping Lindy Ruff, and that Fitzgerald and ownership believe that you're only as good as your goaltenders. This is kind of paraphrasing what he had tweeted. You're only as good as your goaltenders. The goaltenders have been dog shit. They like what he's done with some of the guys. Now, I want to address, obviously, because I had been one of the people out there saying for a while now that Lindy Ruff would not be the coach of the Devils after this year. And, and as Greg alluded to in his tweet, there are some NHL sources that had told him as well that Lindy Ruff is as good as done. That's still what I haven't heard at this moment, that he's as good as gone after this year. He's kind of been a lame duck coaching the team this season. Um, Greg's 50-50 on it. Obviously, he's heard some things about the fact that he might be staying, that the organization sees the value in him. Um, but he did, like I said, allude to the fact that some league sources have told him that uh, he's as good as gone. I still subscribe to what I was told from the similar sources that he had heard on that aspect of it, that I don't believe Lindy Ruff is going to be behind the bench for the Devils next year. But, you know, crazier things have happened. And I, like I said, for the most part, good guy, Greg Wyshynski. Um, He's plugged in with the Devils. He's a big Devils fan. So I listened to him. Uh, let's see here. We have Terry Price. Speaking of goaltenders, man, I'm, I'm on an absolute uh, sideway heater You're good maybe today. the week off is good for you absolute segue heater okay. today speaking of goaltenders Carey price it's been reported that he wants to play in the league next year the biggest thing holding him back at this point will not be the mental health as much as or excuse me the the, the personal issues the mental health etc it will be more of the knee that he's dealing with rumor has it that he is Going back to a knee specialist, NRD, anything on Carey Price or or his play and moving forward here? Uh, it's hard to really judge, you know, his play this year. I think it's just one of those things that it's almost like he didn't play this year. Like anything else was a cherry on top. Like I'm glad he got back out there. I think the focus has always been, can he continue for a full 82? You know, not obviously starting sure. 82, but it's, being there for an 82. I yeah. still think that's really up in the air. It was similar with like a Tudor Rask who you tried to come back, didn't work. Carey Price has come back, tried it out. I think it's tough to go right into NHL hockey, you know, more or less. Is, and it's hard. With, when, it, when It's a it's a knee. It, like with, with goalies, knees, hips, and groins. Or killers. That stuff, yeah, that stuff is just not easy to come back mm-hmm. from without an offseason, a full, full offseason. season. And, you know, obviously still things up in Canada with COVID and the movement of people and families and whatnot. I, I think – you know, a, a long-term rehab stint in Laval would have done him well, but he didn't get to do that yeah. uh, this go-around. So maybe a full off-season does him well. 
And, it, you know, it, it. I don't think he'll retire immediately, but you looked at this year, we've, you know, we lose Tuka Rest, we lose Ben Bishop, guys that are are sort of the last decade of hockey, just these absolute huge names. You know, Ben, I remember Ben Bishop winning cups, or not winning cups, but but playing for some of the best Tampa Bay Lightning teams. Yeah. And and now it's it's just one injury can kind of derail you along with age and goalies. They don't you we get weirdly weird perspective on goaltenders because they don't develop and a lot of them don't start early. Correct. They're 24, 25, 26. So you look at a guy like Jack Campbell, he feels young. But he's not. Because he's young in the league. He's 30 years yeah. old. Whereas you look, you know, Rasmus Dahlin been playing in the league since he's 18. And now he feels older and he's fucking 22. So only the goalies are only weird. One of those goal goalies are weird, stuck man. around and it's the man in Buffalo, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> Craig, Craig is still a kid. Uh, oh boy. Craig, Craig, Craig. That's a little wedding crashers for you out there. Uh, the race to the bottom is something we have not talked about as much as we have in the race for the West. But Montreal's at 51 points on RD. And Arizona's at 53. The next couple nights are big, 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 big for that first overall draft pick slot. Chances, obviously, with the lottery, are it's not set in stone. But the draft is in Montreal, and they're currently sitting in the pole position. If you're Marty St. Louis, what is your message to the team the next couple days? Go out there and try hard, right? Like You, you can't, can't tell you can't them, no, you it. can't tank it. And Marty St. Louis, I don't think the next two games are going to make or break him, but he's still coaching for a job next year. And he's done such yeah. a good job at getting that team to play hard and feeling invigorated and having some energy. You're not going to talk out of both sides of your mouth and then go, hey, guys, take it easy for these two, right? Like, I wanted you to play well for the 37 we had left, but not the 38th and the 39th, right? Like, so right. I think you just go out there and you say, hey, keep doing what we're doing. I think Montreal's going to be all right, man. I just have this funny feeling that Marty St. Louis is really going to be a hell of a hockey coach. I have yeah, that like, I do weird, too. And, and maybe it could. It's really just a hunch. Like I don't know anything. Yeah, but it's, it's a gut, gut feeling a gut. that he could really be like the next one behind the bench. Well, as somebody who's been coached by Marty St. Louis NRD, let me let me flex that muscle. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. He's just so in tune with the guys. He knows the staff to put around him. He obviously has support from the higher ups given that their kids have played hockey for 20 years, like he is going to be a guy that figures that situation out. And they're not a bad team on paper. Nope. Like some questionable decisions, uh, absolutely. Some very bad injury luck, absolutely. Like Shea Weber and Carey Price, I mean, that is two borderline Hall of Famers, if not all-stars. That are just gone like that from your lineup. You know, yeah, right. It, it, gone from the lineup. A guy like Jesperi Kotkaniemi, like that makes a difference. I just think they need to sort of they, they they need to reset across the board, and it's sort of like get me to the finish line here. Make sure our guys are playing hard. The market's impossible to to please everybody in it every single day. They've lost, you know, Gila Fleur, rest in peace. Just it, it's a it's a season of turmoil for them that I'm sure people can't wait to get to their cottages and say we need to reset this, but but exciting things moving forward, especially if they do have the number one overall pick, and especially if that's a Shane Wright. Yeah. You know, he's not Connor Bedard, he's not Matthew Mishkov, but Shane Wright, and increasingly a guy like Logan Cooley, Ooh. who 
he's got some momentum, NRD. He's got some momentum. He's a good player. I feel like we talk about this momentum every year, but he might honestly, because there's such, it's so wide open. Like it, it hasn't been like it's been the last, you know, three or four years where there's a clear cut. Yeah, one. It, I it, think last year with power was the closest we got to maybe. I know we could talk all day about this, but I know you and I both in the early stages before the cold stove pot was a thing. I think when we were still trying to figure out what this podcast would look like, we both knew that Buffalo was in love with William Eklund and potentially he was in play at one. And they're still, and they're still in love with, with Willie Eklund. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think last year where there was a little bit less clarity, but you look at Lafreniere was a clear cut number one. You look at, uh, trying to think before that, Jack Hughes was a clear cut number one. There was no contest there. Dolly, clear cut number, number one. Maybe the last is like a Nico Heischer. Yeah. Uh, when his draft was sort of, eh, was like, yeah. Nolan Patrick Nico, as well, he's right? gonna, yeah. Yep, yep, exactly, exactly. This year, kind of same deal. Like, next year is obviously stacked. Everybody likes to say that, though. Every draft is, they say this draft the draft is so deep or this draft sucks based on the first 10 guys. And because there's not a, a generational superstar, mm-hmm. you know, Shane Wright is a phenomenal player. Is he a generational superstar like he was supposed to be three years ago, four years ago? Like, nah. But him, Cooley, Slavkovsky, who's played awesome, uh, Simon Nemec. Or Nemich, uh, my Sabres draft pick, right-handed defenseman. Oh, want him so bad. He got Savoie. I mean, that kid is going to be a stud. Like, you got a you got a good top ten here, and it's a good you know to and, tie this whole show around. It's a good team. It's a good year to be a team like the Buffalo Sabres who has multiple firsts to kind of move around, right? Yep, multiple firsts. If they love a guy at twelve, or they love a guy at eleven, like maybe a. Uh, like Carrie Mackey or a or a, a Rutger McGrory, for example, another USA kid, and they got to get to eleven because they know uh, they know San Jose loves them or whoever. Mm-hmm. Then say, hey, San Jose, you want sixteen and thirty two or sixteen and uh, you know what's it going to be like forty forty one? Yeah, and we'll give you well you know go there. So a lot of lot of interesting storylines heading into the off season, but it's not the off season oh. yet. NRD. We're doing playoff hockey first. The best, the best playoffs of any playoffs there are. Um, last thing I have before we get out of here: the PHF Professional, or excuse me, is it the the Professional Hockey Federation? Premier Hockey Federation. What's the Premier Hockey? Fe- they they need to do the names better because it's the PHF and the PWPHA. I know those acronyms, rusty on the actual verbiage, but here we go. Reagan Carey has been named the commissioner of the league, taking over for Tyler Tuminia uh, after her short tenure. Uh, Reagan Carey was previously the USA Women's Hockey Director from 2018, or excuse me, 2010 to 2018. She was also the GM of that team, which is interesting because a lot of the Olympians play for the PWPHA. NRD, your thoughts on the current shakeup uh, in women's hockey happening? An olive branch, perhaps? Um Across the uh, well, water it's, under it's the bridge, right? right? To the Olympians. Uh, you know, I don't want to speak on anything that will get me in trouble, but I think there's some some stuff, some, some stuff behind the scenes with Carrie in terms of, you know, a lawsuit that went down or, or filing for, you know, wage gap between the women's hockey players and, uh, and mm-hmm. all that. I think she was not viewed in the best light during that saga by I don't know which party, but I think there was some stuff there, but don't hold me to it. Um, so it's interesting. I'm interested to see how this plays out. We know that the talks broke down between the 
PWPHA and the PHF and the PHF. And we know that they were talking and that kind of fell apart. So interesting to see what this means, especially when you look at somebody like Reagan Carey, who dealt with a lot of the Olympians previously and whether they like her, whether they think that this could be an opportunity for, you know, that bridge to be for water to be under the bridge between both parties. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's certainly a move in this chess, you know, this absolute saga that is women's professional hockey. And, and to put a cherry on top of that, the PWPHA has said that they want a league of their own, which I'm a fan of because I, you know, as, as good as the, the, the secret dream gap tour is for getting women's hockey playing games, period. It's not, it's not a, sustainable model i don't you know think. tell it like it is and we've i think we've used this exact phrase in the show before it's not a traveling circus it doesn't deserve to be a traveling circus no it's hockey I it's agree. professional and sport so i think that that's the thing yeah and so we'll see i mean eventually i think this has to end with both leads coming together to ensure that the top talent is playing together what other sport on the planet has in the same geographic region, let's like soccer, for example, a lot of different top leagues, a lot of different geographic regions. But what other sport has the same geographic region with multiple professional leagues in the same sport? The None NFL and the USFL. <laughs> so, they they can't get seven people at the games. It's it's, it's kind of embarrassing. Sad. The only the only game I've ever seen debut on two networks simultaneously, and it can't go anywhere. That game that was on NBC questions. and Fox and. Everybody watched CBS and, that night. <laughs> yeah, right. Listen, the sultry tones of Jim Nance announced the the the, the tournament in uh, wherever the hell it was, uh, Myrtle Beach. Or, excuse me, Hilton Head. Hello, friends. Yeah. The RBC. Hello, friends. NRD, that's going to do it for us on the Cold Stove Podcast today. Do you have anything else before nope. we ban? Happy to be back, brother. It, it feels good. Happy right? to be back. Happy to have you. Uh, we'll see y'all next week for sure. And then your boy's going to Cabo. Just for a week. A little Cabo Wabo. A little Cabo Wabo. I'm going to watch the uh, very nice, good reference. Uh, the Saturday, the first Saturday in May, the Cinco de Mayo Saturday. That's not Cinco de Mayo. Kentucky Derby, Canelo Alvarez fight, NHL playoffs, baby. You know my dream. I you told hear you that. This. That's my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> NRD bets is going to be flying. But you know my dream, NRD. I want to go to the uh, the Belmont. Uh, an Islanders game, or Islanders playoff game, and watch a fight in New York all in one day. I don't think they'll ever don't have Don't know it. if it's possible. Don't know if it's possible because I don't know if the Belmont ever gets close enough to the Stanley Cup, but I'll, I'll suffice for like a Belmont Oh, Saturday. I don't think the Islanders are going to make it deep enough. Oh. Shots fired to end the podcast. Uh, I am Brett Merriman at Schmerriman on Twitter and Instagram. That's NRD at NHL Rumors Daily on both of those platforms. I, you don't even have an Instagram. don't have an Instagram, but listen, I, I said to you before we started, if I'm like the last person on Twitter without a check mark once Elon gets in there and changes <laughs> things up, then I said I'm not leaving Twitter, but we'll see what happens. I, I can't be the last one without a check mark, right? Like if Elon's going to come in and start throwing blue check marks out to everybody and NRD is the last one, then maybe, you know what? Maybe I am special. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm the only one that's not verified. Wow. There you go. We are at Cold Stove Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We'll see you yep. guys next week.